Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Driver Podcast. Today we continue with part two of the conversation with operator Reggie Evans. Hey, I was going to ask you one thing. I know we talked about stress and management and fatigue and you know, one thing that I know you're very involved in the, in the uh, driver planning committee, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things when we do, when we plan out schedules, you know, there's parameters that say you got to, we, we want to have 10 hours between rest or 12 hours between rest. We really want to try to design those schedules as best we can for safety, fatigue, you know, right. give people choices. Could, maybe, could you open up the curtains a little bit and maybe tell some of the people on the call, on the listening in that, you know, how that thing works? Well, like you said, there are certain parameters that have to be met. And so um, one thing that they have to understand is that there's several different parts of the process. You know, there's operations and scheduling. They have certain objectives that they have to meet. You know, operations may say, hey, we need to have a certain schedule between this city and that city. We want to run to have business between these two cities. So scheduling has to come in and say, okay, well, what are the times that we can run the schedule? They have to look at factors like um, do we have contracts with other interlining carriers? Um, right. Can it connect with our own schedules? Things like that. So they'll put the schedules in at the times that best fit the operating needs of the company. And then you'll have, you know, driver planning who will look at and say, okay, now where do I put this run at? I can put it in this city where I have this number of drivers or in this city where I have this number of drivers. Do I have a hotel that I have to consider or is it where a driver goes to a dorm? Um, if I put it in this city, well, how much rest will this driver get? If I put it here, how much rest will this driver get? There's all kind of factors that go into it. And then, you know, the run committee, we come in and we look at it and say, okay, we understand what you're doing. But as a driver, what we can add is our input is saying, okay, we're physically able to do this. This is how we like it as drivers. Yes, you're looking at it from your point of view, but we're looking at it from ours and we want it this way. And we try to all come together and get on the same page. And it's not always easy. And, and sometimes it's it's impossible to do things that everybody wants to make everybody happy. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Lena mm-hmm. and Kenny over there in driver planning, those are, you talk, you say, I'm sharp and I appreciate that compliment. Um, those guys over there, they are extremely good at what they do. I've learned that they're extremely good at what they do. But on our side, you know, we have Bertram Bird and uh, we added Roger Jackson this time, myself, and I believe we're very capable of what we're doing also. Go back to what Reggie was saying about the complexity of this whole planning process. I'll add some color. It's freaking very complicated because you you got the scheduling guys looking at passenger demand. You know, when do people want to travel, what times and what cities? So they're looking at it from the passenger's perspective. Then he was saying, you know, from the operations perspective, we got to look at rest times. We got to look at, oops, sorry. Um, rest time, schedule times, you know, DOT requirements. And then putting this thing together is a super complicated Sudoku puzzle uh, to make your head spin for the most part. Yes. Yes, it very much. You know, um, you know, like, for instance, I remember a few years ago, we talked about trying to get rid of all six and one runs because one day was just not a lot of recovery time. But a six and one run, let's say if you're going from Dallas to Memphis, it's not the same as a six and one run where you're going from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, where you do maybe in half the time. So sometimes you have to make the run a six and one in order for it to pay enough for a driver to make a, a livable income, you know. And so we can't make everything the same and we can't make everybody happy. But I think. The objective is to make the most people as happy as you can make them be able to make a earn, earn a living without having to work too much to over, you know, overwork themselves. Um, but again, uh, a lot of times you can't just do everything that you want for everybody. you got to make the best decisions and then live with it. And sometimes, you know, we make decisions and, and maybe like Nita always tells me, hey, um, there's several different ways we could have done it and neither one of them are wrong. And so we'll mm-hmm. kind of make it 
and then we go from there. If we don't hear anything from the field, nobody's complaining that it doesn't work, then we kind of leave it alone. Doesn't mean it couldn't have been better. And I think that we always are looking at ways to make things better. I, I appreciate, you know, recently you and, and the union, we came together to have these calls where we kind of talk a little bit before the regular driver planning and run committee meetings so we can kind of work on the process. So we're constantly working on the process. Mm -hmm. We're constantly trying to get it better. And, you know, as long as we're doing that and we were, we'll be on the right track, but we're never going to make everybody happy. But I just want everybody to understand that things are looked at. And just because it doesn't come out the way you would have liked it doesn't mean that we didn't notice it or didn't pay any attention. Right. right. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And we are trying to, to Reggie's point, we're trying to do this more often. There used to be, we do three or four run bids a year, but we're really, really trying to get these committees to work through these issues and problems even more on a monthly basis, just so we're making smaller, you know, smaller steps in the right direction versus trying to wait and try to do it all at once, like in June 10th, you know, right before the run bit goes out. Um, and it is a, to hear your point, you can't ever get it 100% right. And there's always various ways to do it. But I know the team, and I'm very happy to say it's very respectful. They listen. Um, they, they, and again, they try to, you know, take into account everybody's opinions to come up with hopefully the best solution overall. Absolutely. You know, I, you know, just along that line, uh, I just got a call yesterday from Nita about a, you know, I think someone in Portland may have asked for a certain thing that they were looking for and she wasn't sure, or maybe you just wanted our input. So she called me yesterday and we talked about it. And, you know, like we said in the past, we would always say when we meet in December, we meet in May, we meet in, in August. And those are the only times, but now we're having more communication in between bids where we can try to get it right. Uh, because that's the objective. You want to get it as good as you can. Everybody has professional pride. And we want to do it as good a job as we can. And see, I think that a lot of times that, you know, um, the drivers out there, they look at us on the run committee and think, well, we don't care because we're not pulling the runs. Well, that's not true. You know, I'm still driving a run. So I want to make a run as good as I can make it. And the drivers who are out there pulling these runs, they are our co-workers. They're our friends. And we don't want to have to look them in the face and tell them, oh, we didn't care what happened to you guys. Just Take what you got. No, we want to do as good a job as we can because, again, in the end, comfort and happiness are what we want for everybody. Speaking of that comfort and happiness, uh, can you speak to a driver quality of life and, and what, is, what are some of the ways we can improve in that area to make sure that our extra board drivers or reg even regular men enjoy a, a higher quality of life as a Greyhound driver? You know, that's a very difficult question to answer because just the, the pure nature of the job. I mean, we're 24-7 and, you know, we're going to have buses go at night and some people are going to have to drive those nighttime schedules. And sometimes you're only going to get 10 hours rest. Sometimes you're going to have to lay over 20 hours. So it's very difficult to answer. But I think that uh, over the last couple of years, there's been some strides that I really like, you know, certain things like the bid days off. Um extra board guarantee earn day off, things like that are steps, uh, pre-assigning especially, pre-assigning, because that's not something we had back in the day. Back in the day, in order for me to come to work, I got a call from Greyhound. They say, hey, report to work at 10 o'clock. I say, well, where am I going? They say, to work. You know, now these guys kind of <laughs> have an idea of where they're going, how to plan their lives, you know, when they'll be coming back, when their days off are. So I think these are strides in the right direction. 
um, to get to that better quality of life. Uh, again, it's, you're never going to please everybody, but I think as long as both sides are making moves to try to do it right, as long as you're trying, you might try something that doesn't work, but then you'll try something else. As long as you're still trying and recognizing that this is an important issue, then I believe we're on the right page. And, um, you know, quality of life, again, it comes down to what's important to you. Um, you might have be able to work 10, 15, 20 days in a row and never take a day off. And somebody else might need to take, you know, every two days off or something like that. So we have different run cycles and rotations that give you plenty of different options. And those things are important. Oh, okay. no, I think you're right. Cause right. We, we try to give people flexibility and options. So people like choices and things. That's a, just a good point that there are different jobs out there for different people's needs. One thing I think that a lot of people don't realize that, that the drivers, we realize it, but we're not salaried employees. We make money when we work. And so we take this job, like you said earlier, to provide for our families and have a good living. And when we don't work, we don't make money. So if a driver is calling and saying, hey, I need the time, then I think we have to do a really good job of listening to that driver and saying, okay, without pressuring them, hey, well, this other driver worked these many days. I'm not that other driver. Today, I need to take the time off because maybe that one day is going to refresh me to work another 10. But if I work today, I might have to take off a week because I've just overworked myself. There's times when you have to listen to your body. And I think that, um, again, we've making strides. And as long as both sides are continuing to make moves to try to do it better, that's all we can ask for. That's why I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of geeked up right now. I'm very, we're trying to hire even a little bit more drivers than we need this summer. So we're not you know, working people on their nines where we're not making those hard phone calls. Hey, I know you work for six days in a row. Can you come in for number seven? You know, I think getting the right number of drivers out there is going to make a difference on the fatigue factor, on-time performance. You know, customers will like it better if we run on time. Drivers will like it if they get some rest from time to time. So, you know, A, hiring them and then keeping the drivers, you know, to your point earlier is, you know, we can hire them all day long, but we got to get them to stay, right? We got to have managers that listen, yes. work with their drivers to try to accommodate them. I'm happy to say that on some of the calls that I've been involved, you know, we're starting to really hear some managers tell stories about how they've changed some of their approach dealing with drivers. And like you said, instead of maybe pushing them for those extra days, you know, allowing them some time off to get rested, come back to work refreshed. And to your point, kind of growing into the job. Right, right. And I, I think, um, like I said, I see signs all over the place that we're doing things, we're trying to get better. And everybody's, it's an adjustment period right now for everybody, because everybody, we talk about the stress that the drivers are under. We understand that the managers are under different stress because we have different ownership now. So managers and supervisors are different stresses. And so we kind of understand that too. And so we have a part to play in it as far as, you know, um, doing the right things out there, because I talked about, you know, how you need to ease into it and take time off, but you can't uh, take advantage of it. Like, you know, if every Friday, well, I'm tired, I need this yeah. day off, payday, you know, or every time I drive a bus to Las Vegas, I all of a sudden I'm tired, so I need to spend a couple of days at the hotel in Las Vegas on Greyhound's Drive. <laughs> Those kind of things don't work. So we have to be responsible and do our parts. But I think it's important to, you know, to understand that stress is on everybody um, and we all have to work together. We all have to work together. But um, yeah, as long as we keep trying, we'll be okay. Well, I don't know, guys. It's I know we're running up a little bit on time this afternoon. Um, it's been a good call. I mean, I've gotten some. You know, first of all, but thank Reggie for getting on the phone with us. Uh, I think he, he's actually on vacation this week, and that's yes, why sir. he's wow. doing it for us. So we yes, doubly appreciate you doing that. Um, and then number two, I I truly appreciate you know all the over the years when I've met you in Los Angeles, all the things that you told me about being a, a Greyhound driver. You know why you care so much about the company. 
you know, thanks for sharing that. Hey, no problem. If I can add one thing, Mike, I wanted to say this. Um, I spent many years as a Greyhound passenger before I was a driver, so I understand both sides of it. So I think that that's in, that's why I understand the importance of customer service because mm. we have and the importance of being safe out there because we have people's lives on our hands and we just got to be responsible out there. Frank, anything else you want to close with, Eric? I just want to thank Mr. Evans for all he's he's done. He's all that he's doing. He's he's not only become a great Greyhound driver, but he's also taken all of that knowledge and is willing to pour into mm-hmm. other drivers. So thank you so much for all you do. All right, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Well, everybody, that is going to wrap up this podcast for today. Once again, we thank you for joining in and listening to the podcast that doesn't have a name, but we do know. It is all about the drivers. We'll catch you next time.